Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Godleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show and online at www.tigshow.com T-I-G-S-H-O-W dot com Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. No, no, when people say that. Is it bouncing around? Is it okay? Oh, yep, oh. no, nope. So which one is it? Oh, like, yep, no. Yep, yep. Is that the magic you were looking for? I'm always looking for the magic. It can come at any point. Sorry, I'm trying to slam this beer because once you find out what I'm drinking for the for the show, it's important <laughs> that I get oh, two no. real beers in me before I... Last night yeah. I was doing the, the build a six-pack... And I keep, I mean, it's not that they, it's not that the, the fries and the Safeway and the the Bashes and my Chevron, they just reorder what they already have. Right. So you can only build a six pack out of there so many times before you've had everything in the fucking shelf. So last night I'm standing around, I'm like, man, if I'm going to pay 10 bucks for a six pack, I want to get, you know, eight, 9% beers. So I'm sitting there and I'm there for like 15 minutes staring at the fucking thing. My (laughs) wife, I could tell is getting sick of my shit just now, huh? Yeah, and then I said it's like, yeah, it take, took 10 years. And I said, like, you know, I don't want to spend 10 bucks for, you know, what's the point of getting like a 5% beer as part of my six pack if I'm going to be paying 10 bucks for a six pack? And then her response was, are you only buying the six pack to get drunk? <laughs> Which is a good point because I always, I always say, I always pride myself on the fact that. I've always been able to have two or three beers and just quit, right? Or a beer at dinner and not, I don't have to have a second beer. Or, I mean, recording days are different. I always drink heavily on recording days. But I always pride myself on the fact that I, I'm the guy who can have two or three drinks and then just go to bed or whatever, you know. So I don't just drink to get drunk 99% of the time. So then I was like, you know what, honey? That's what I call her. I call her honey. I said, you know what, honey? You're right. So then I went and I did pack my six pack with a couple nine percent double ipas which those are my two pregame beers is the the double knot ipa from four peaks um but then i did grab other stuff without even looking at how strong they were i just grabbed them because i've never had them so then the beer i chose for the show today is paltry to say the least it might episode 88 might be the weakest drink i'm ever gonna have on this show so i so I thought I would slam my two 9% double IPAs. Can I take before. a swing at the ABV on your show beer? Yeah, I'll give you a hint. It's a Pilsner, which is, are always low. 4-3? Uh, uh. Super close. I'm not going to ruin the suspense, but super close, which is funny because had I got a Bud Light, it would have a higher – had I got a Rolling Rock, it would have a higher – I think a Rolling Rock is like a 4-7 or 4-8. Bud Light's like a 4-8. Uh, this is none of those, but it doesn't matter because I don't drink just to get drunk. I drink uh, for the pleasure and the leisure. The pleasure and the leisure. That's right. Keep All right. Touch. Yeah. Mute your phone, pro. I'm sorry because the thing is, my parents are gonna call or text when they leave. So once they leave, I know I have an hour and a half to uh-huh. get the rest of the house clean. So, uh, but they're not supposed to be here for several hours, so it should be fine. Not that I don't love my parents. We should all love our parents. Jesus. My kids don't love me. I've been yelling at them all week. I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of having grown adult men in my house that are my also my children. They they don't... All they do is yell. They, they play fucking Fortnite and what's that other game, that online game that's popular, Overwatch. They play Overwatch and Fortnite and all they do is... So their rooms are next to each other, and one of them doesn't have a room. My 20-year-old doesn't have a room in my house because he's 20. He moved out before we Fucking right. moved here. So he shares a room with my 15. Yeah. So he shares a room when he's home from college. He shares a room with my 15-year-old. So then it's there's not enough space, basically. So last night, I'm trying to watch TV with my wife, my hunzy, my bunzy, and uh, they're screaming at each other room to room. They're in different rooms. The two adult children are in different rooms playing the same online game. They're in the same campaign, 
and they're yelling at each other. <laughs> and all it's all I can do to not go in there because the, I've said this before. It's a joke I like to make. It's not child abuse after they turn 18. It's just domestic <laughs> it's violence. It's just assault. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's a it's it's one less charge on my record if I go in there and just start beating the shit out of them. <laughs> Have no doubt, no doubt that with my old man strength I could put those fuckers <laughs> out. And I'll, yeah, I don't I, I don't even I don't, think that uh, they respond to those calls, beating your adult children. No, because they're just like they, high five, man. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, odds are they had odds are they have someone who didn't move out because the baby boomers fuck them into not being able to get affordable housing and shit. So then they're like, yeah, you know, they got to live at home. I get it. And sometimes you got to beat the shit out of them. Let me go grab my show beer and we'll get started. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, because I have to grab mine too. Discuss. I don't know what I'm drinking. I'm looking at... Ah, fuck. I'm still attached. Uh, what is it? Sure, let's do this. And everybody's gone. There's no information on this can. (laughs) I kind of dig, like, running to get a drink while we're recording, because then when it comes to editing, I'm always surprised, (laughs) because I have no idea what you said. It's like a a treat. Um, There's nothing on this can. I have no info on this beer at all. Fuck, I'm actually going to have to look this up. Yeah, hopefully one day in the future we'll have a device where you could type something into it and it'll tell you, like a virtual library. Fuck off, old man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez, Louise. Do you put your if if you know you're gonna have a drink in like fifteen or twenty minutes, like say you say you're halfway done with a beer or you're a third of the way done with yeah. a beer and you you just know you know you're gonna have a second yeah. or a tenth. Uh, do you put your your beer in the freezer sometimes to get it nice and cold? Um, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was our, it's it's been in the fridge all day or for like twenty four hours, but I decided to just give it a little bump. Well, I just oh I clicked the wrong thing here. Show me how to use the internet. Teach me the internet. Okay. While you do that, I'm gonna do our I'm gonna do an intro because we haven't done a proper intro in a couple weeks so i'm gonna do a proper intro oh, nobody knows what they're listening to <laughs> hey everybody you're listening to the illustrious gentleman which is a podcast hosted by myself ryan cody and my co-host scott godleski really I, i'm his co-host hey, uh, we're mutual we're mutual co-hosts stepping all over uh, we are stuff. we are yeah quit stepping on my shit we are professional not podcasters we're professional comic artists we're amateur podcasters and uh, we both draw comics for a living. We both are full-time freelancers. We both have multiple children. We both have a single wife. And uh, we do the show every week, mostly every week. We talk about comics, beer, alcohol, pop culture, movies, all sorts of stuff. So uh, this is the show. You can get all the information you ever need about the show at uh, com. Pro-level intro and my phone keeps going off oh my gosh after you just got done calling yourself a pro i do love the uh auto response on texts because google just reads all your shit and offers up what you think you might say oh yeah so i don't even i don't even have to type anything i just answer of course and it's always an exclamation point because i use so many exclamation points in my gmail and in my text and shit (laughs) that that the people at google know that let's just put an exclamation point on the end of everything because that's what Ryan that's what Ryan's into. He's into exclamation points. One more selfish thing before we get started is uh please please if you're I'm not even going to say if you're a fan of mine cuz even if you hate me, even if you don't know who I am, um go to your local comic book shop and ask tell them you want to pre-order Adventure Van number 1, 2 and 3 from Golden Apple Comics or Golden Apple Books. Golden Apple Comics is the retail shop, Golden Apple Books is the publishing arm. Uh all three are currently in previews. And uh, I don't know what the final order, final cut off order date for issue one was. I think it's passed, but they'll still order it for you. So uh, all the first three of five issues are available right now. You can just go ask your comic book shop owner um, to order them for you, and they will do that. So those are available. And it's written. It's written by a television star. So not only is the writer on like he was on True Blood, and he's currently on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. He's also the star of the new progressive 
auto insurance commercial. Impressive. Like you know how they have you know they have like flow. Right. So there's a new one. She's not in it. There's a new one that's like a game show commercial. Okay. It's like a Jeopardy Jeopardy style game show uh-huh. thing and he's the he's the lead in that. He's the guy who knows everything. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So he's ga- so he's hashtag game show Gary. Uh, but uh, Michael McMillian is the is his name. He's a great great writer. Uh, I would say great actor. I haven't really watched a ton of stuff he's been in. I am gonna go once I finish this New Girl rewatch. I'm gonna go on a uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend rewatch. I think, although I said rewatch, I haven't seen it. So Crazy Ex Girlfriend watch. Uh, even if my best friend was in True Blood, I wouldn't watch that show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into Crazy Ex Girlfriend. I, I have seen that uh, show. I have seen that one. What? What crazy ex girlfriend? No, True Blood. Oh, the well, I don't I don't know. Yeah, the chick that plays Karen Page in Daredevil was in it. Oh, okay. So that, that's because I thought it was only Anna Paquin, and I could do without Anna Paquin. No, she She's was not. a sexy vampire, so it's worth watching just for that. Mister Boo's, Mister B Double Z. All right, home skillet. What are you drinking uh, today? I have Golden Road Brewing Palisades Pineapple. Um, Ooh, and it's got oh no, it does have stuff on here. Oh well, uh, yeah. No one ever taught you to read, so it's not your fault. No, it's no. the public school system in Arizona. Ranked, <laughs> That's right. Ranked forty nine 40, out of fifty. Oh, are we forty nine now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Sweet. We 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 are meeting that goal of. Joining the South, like the legit South. Yeah, as fast as possible. We're like on a race. We're on a race to become fucking. I'm. I'm gonna insult people. Let's see. A race to become uh, Alabama. Although Alabama has some pretty towns. Um, okay. So the uh, pineapple Palisades. Is that what you said? Uh, Palisades pineapple. American wheat ale with pineapple and apricot. So that's. Uh, uh, ooh. I love that sound. I'll paint a, a mental picture for y'all. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty can. It's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty can. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what color this is. I guess it's pink. It's like a salmon. Yeah, like a salmon that fades into like a, a, a sea foam blue, maybe? Green? Well, it, it yeah, I mean, it's got heavily stylized. I imagine this is like a Southern California hillside sort of thing that's right so cow baby so cow yeah, right okay so it's a wheat beer which means it's not going to be that strong no you're you're correct it's not i did find it it's a four eight uh i did look up an entry for beer advocate theater my yep. favorite part of the show all y'all's interested please please uh, okay this comes from the adjunct hippie who gives it a 4.35 overall Ooh, and, uh, good review. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Hazy golden honey color with a huge head of four fingers. Aromas of straight up pineapple juice and orange juice. Delicious. Flavors of honey wheat, fresh pineapple, apples, and hints of coconut. Nice sourdough bread notes on the finish. The feel is ultra creamy, but has a tight carbonation within and almost has a tart snap to it. One of my favorite no frills refreshers a near perfect symphony of wheat beer and refreshing splashes of pineapple so genuine it's like biting into pineapple and drinking a wit beer at the same time edit i went back and chomped down on two more six packs no regrets bringing it all back this beer is seriously yumly i've never seen that word before yumly y-u-m-l-y I'm thinking the adjunct tip, he just made that up. It's a good word, though. I like yumly. That's a terrible word. Okay, so I am drinking. We're both. It is It is the uh, south of 5% show because I am drinking a North Coast. Bre- and I've also learned this. I'm sorry. I keep, I keep bouncing around. My mental state is fragile. Um, I've noticed that if you can't find the uh, alcohol content on the bottle or can itself, it's going to be less than 6%. You know, because a a double IPA that's 9%, which I've had a couple of, uh, they're not going to not put that shit on the bottle. That's going to go right on the front of the bottle. So this uh, North Coast Brewing uh, Scrimshaw 
Uh, did not have it anywhere on there. I had to look it up online. Um, so Scrimshaw, if you don't know, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, what do you call it? What do you call that shit? Scratchboard. It's like scratchboard, but it's on a bone. They scratch art into a bone and that's called Scrimshaw. Normally a done on bone. Sh- yeah. Norm- or like a normally done on like a shark's tooth or yeah, like a bone or something like that. When you scratch art on there with a, like a needle. Huh. This is brand new to me. Uh, well, I mean, you're not a sailor like I am. Like, I have a long history of sailing in my past, so I know all about this. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Navy. Well, no, 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 no. The Merchant Marines. Yeah. Or, the, you know, maybe even the Legionnaires. I can't really say because it's... The I, Legionnaires. I, yeah, I signed, an, I signed an NDA. I can't really talk about my sailing past, but it's something like that. Um, so North Coast Brewing is from uh, Fort Bragg, California, which is essentially the Bay Area. <laughs> It is, I'm ashamed to say, a 4.4%. Uh, like I said, a Bud Light is like a 4.8. A Rolling Rock is like a 4.6. Uh, this is sad. Uh, so I'm going to read a review also from Beer Advocate. Uh, and this guy gave it like a 2.3, I think. Whoa, scathing. Yeah and, yeah, and this is Scooter 231. Oh, so I love Scooter. Scooter, Scooter 123 must have been taken. Um, oh, or maybe, yeah, so Scooter 231, doesn't make any sense. Okay. <clears throat> Looks like dirty orange juice. Perhaps a mimosa gone wrong. Little head, little lacing, murky, scary. Nose is not so icky. Lemon, malts, but something is off in here. Taste is reminiscent of spoiled fruit and rotting garbage. There's still some good in there. But you have to sift through the sludge to get there. Oh, my God. Mouthfeel is watery and thin. Drinkability is mm, not so much. This beer and I did not get along. So, cheers, Scooter231. I assume this is going to taste exactly like a Budweiser. That's going to be my prediction. I assume the beer and I would have the same feelings about Scooter231. Yeah. Just doing the one-nose snifter. There you go. (laughs) Smells Uh exactly, not like a Bud Light, but a proper Budweiser. Which I prefer. Smells exactly like a Budweiser. Okay. So, uh, today's topic, uh, this week's topic, when I say today, it sounds like we do a show every day. This week's topic, uh, both of us are ill-equipped and ill-prepared for, and it's uh, digital comics versus print comics. Maybe I'll introduce, maybe I'll put like a, you know, Iron Chef has the two blades making the noise, like ching ching. I was just thinking like a. <laughs> yeah, something. something like that. So digital comics versus print comics. Um, it, it's hard to come up with a weekly topic, people. I saw this link, <laughs> I saw this link earlier in the week about a Bleeding Cool article. So um, I'm not going to read the whole URL, but uh, Bleeding, Arti- Bleeding Cool article came up about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 10 comics that sell better digitally than they do. Well, it says outperform digitally. So I don't know if that means they sell, they can't sell more digitally than they do print. Well, that, okay. No. Okay. The actual title of the article is 10 comics that do better digitally than in print. That can't be possible because of their number one option. Um, and maybe I'm just out of the loop, right? Let me click over to my browser. Uh, maybe I'm out of the loop, but, I always assume the best-selling digital comic sold fractions of what the physical counterpart counterpart sold. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, there's no real numbers in here. So, so the number one on this article, and like I said, I'm not going to give the whole URL, but it's on Bleeding Cool, and take that for what it's worth. Who wrote this article? Let me scroll up a little bit. Posted by Rich. That doesn't mean he wrote it, but anyways. So number one on their their list of comics that outsell print is Saga. And I'm not surprised that Saga is number one, but I am surprised it would have more digital downloads sure. than actual print sales. Well, okay. That, that, yeah, that's what I'm going to have to assume the metrics are for ranking these, right? Would be downloads versus individual print sales. I guess that's what we're supposed to believe. I don't know. I I can see that for Saga though. It's a this is a is a very 21st century book. I'm going to have to assume that I, that's the only thing that makes sense. We're not given 
any sort of information here. Because Saga is probably, yes. next to The Walking Dead, is probably yeah. the second best indie comic seller month yeah. in and month out, I would assume. The months that it comes out, the months that it comes out, it has to be right behind or right with The Walking Dead as the first non-Marvel DC book. Uh, so yeah, uh, this article does mention that uh, it's two ninety nine, so it's it's a dollar cheaper than most digital books. I don't know if it's two ninety nine on the stands. I don't read Saga uh, in monthlies, so I don't know. I'm trying to act cool. I don't read Saga. I was trying to act cool, like I don't read Saga in monthlies. I read the first trade. I didn't read any more of Saga. I realize it's one of those books I should read. Um, there's lots of books that I should read that I've never read. I assume I'll get around to it, much like Preacher. Years after Preacher finished, I started. I read the whole series. I assume I'll do the same with Saga. Right. So I don't know if Saga is two ninety nine on the stands or not, but it's two ninety nine digitally. Um, and according according to this article, Saga is always the number yeah. one okay. digital book. It beats out yeah. every Marvel and DC book, tops the digital chart every month. Now, uh, that doesn't shock me. Like I said, the only thing that shocked me about any of this is that the digital might outsell the the print. That's the only thing. Uh, if someone put a gun to my head and said, what's the best-selling digital comic on the planet, I probably would say The Walking Dead, and then I would get murdered. Uh, but Saga's right right there. They're, they're neck and neck, pretty much. Um, which, hey, man, if you're... Uh, if you're uh, Fiona Staples, good for you. Good for you. Great for you. I I buy it. I do buy it. I and I don't know that these are ranked in any particular order. So does anything strike you about number one other than, other than the other than the confusion so. of whether it actually outsells comics that regularly outsell their physical counterparts when the marketplace is a digital one. I thought they were supposed to be ranked one through ten. Well, he also says that about well, the number they two. List Saga is number one. It. Right, The Walking Dead, which we just Saga is number one, and they say Saga always comes number one. That apparently it's it's a top ten book, physically, which is. But then digitally, it says number one, meaning Batman. Uh, No, you're incorrect. It says it's a top twenty book digital on the stands, number one digitally. So yeah, maybe it's. I don't know if Saga comes out on a monthly schedule. I mean, I assume they try to, but maybe it doesn't come out every month. Whereas I think The Walking Dead definitely comes out every month. But so these first two did not surprise me at all. Actually, nothing. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The top three on this list don't surprise me. Uh, the Walking Dead and Saga, like I said, should be one and two in every category. Top two indie comics, top two digital comics. But yeah, it's surprising that it's not Batman or Superman or Spider-Man or anything like that. And we talked about this on an earlier show. The Walking Dead just raised their prices to three ninety nine. They were two ninety nine for the longest time. So uh, again, good for Charlie Adler, who. I think I read somewhere, and I'm talking out of school. I shouldn't be saying shit like this, but I think Charlie Adler, I think Charlie Adler and Fiona Staples might be the two highest-paid comic book artists working right now. Yeah, and I, this could be part of it. I don't doubt that. You know, this is probably it's probably a big part of it is the digital sales. Correct. Okay, uh, number three doesn't surprise me at all either. Did that come as a shock to you on this list at all? Only in as much as I hadn't thought about it, but when you stop and think for more than five seconds that makes sense because you don't think about this property as a comic book property uh but the number three the number three are star wars books uh so i assume they mean the marvel star wars books mm. they don't say that mm. and also i don't know if this art- article takes into account uh the marvel unlimited app which marvel does themselves which is not comiXology and not amazon or anything like that uh so I assume, and I don't know if Marvel Unlimited includes the Star Wars books or not. I'm not a member of Marvel Unlimited, which I think is a great option. I mean, I already have so many things that I pay $9.99 a month for or whatever. You know, I have like Hulu. I have fucking Amazon Prime. I have Netflix. So I would not order anything else. But that Marvel Unlimited app for $9.99 where you can read a ton of comics, like the entire catalog essentially, for 10 bucks a month, that's pretty interesting. Um, but that's off topic. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars books, I would never think, but when I read it, I was like, oh, that doesn't shock me at all. That makes total sense um, because it's the first three books, right? They're non-traditional comic book readers, right? Saga, saga, saga is a saga yes. is a thing into its own. I can see how, like, my wife loves the Walking Dead TV show. She would read a Walking Dead comic. You know, everyone knows Star Wars. They will read Star Wars comics. Saga is, saga is amazing in what it's been able to do. As just a sci-fi comic, essentially, uh, 
it's an anomaly and it's it's quite astounding yeah everything on this list is a, a non-traditional comic or not a traditional comic book power yeah i was gonna i was gonna save that gem till later but that's okay that's fine well we've started the trend already good job so star wars uh makes sense when you think about it not that it would initially come to mind number four is shocking to me in every aspect of comic books Except who writes it. I had no idea this was still going on. Well, it's it's new. Well, it's relatively new. They relaunched a couple of months ago. It's the Wildstorm, Warren Ellis' Wildstorm revival uh, at, uh, I guess, DC is where it would be now. I don't ever see that book on my on the stands at stores. You know, it's, it's not a big seller, I don't think, in, in stores. So it could just be that Warren Ellis' fan base is so digital and so modern. Right that it just sells better digitally. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a giant disparity here between the numbers. It says the main series physical, you know, sales hovers around the 140s, but this is a top 20 to 30 digital book. Right, so when they say 140s, I think they mean top 300, uh, which is a sales metric that some places use of of the top 300 best-selling comics. So this would be right around 50%, 55%. But digitally, it's in the top 20 or 30. Seems shocking. I think it just goes to show Warren Ellis' fan base is gigantic. And, uh, like, they should have they got him to write uh, to do a big relaunch at, like, a top two. I guess. I mean, it, the nature of the print versus digital readership is so different. That's what I'm taking from this. Right. I would imagine when we finish this list, none of the none of the people who buy these top 10 books digitally would ever buy a print copy like they don't go into comic book stores right maybe yeah but anyways it it, when you think about it and you delve deeper warren ellis has a huge internet following he has a huge digital presence uh he does that that he you know he created the engine back in the day which was a a message board uh he still has a huge uh weekly newsletter that i subscribe to um yeah his fan base is huge and supportive uh, as far as digital work goes, number five c- completely shocked me to the point of, to the point of I didn't even know the book was still being published. Although, I'm sure it obviously has a fan base, but it's even a bigger discrepancy between print and digital than uh, the Wildstorm was. And I, and we're gonna get it, we're getting into some weird territory here where we, where I'm I'm shocked that this book does this well. It's only because I don't read a lot of comics and I don't you know, I'm not disparaging anybody. I haven't read a lot of these books. I know the creators. Um, number five and number six have the same writer, right? Yes. So that makes sense. He's he's following. Uh, he has a huge digital followers or uh, uh, following. That I don't mean. I don't want to downplay anybody. All of these people sell ten times, thirty, a hundred times any book that I would ever work on. So don't get me wrong. By I'm not downplaying anybody. <laughs> it's just shocking to me. And again, take into account this is a bleeding cool article. Who knows what facts are in like I did not snopes this article. I did not fact check this article. I'm just yeah, going I have no off idea what, what this reading. is. Uh number five was uh is Uber by Kieran Gillen and Daniel Get Gets. This claims that it's an avatar book and this says the phys- it physically charts around three thirty, so it wouldn't even make the top three hundred chart that most websites use to rank what's important and what's not for whatever that's worth. Uh but then it says uber digitally is is in the top 40 so i don't know anything about the book because i haven't read it i think it's got a i think it's got like an alternative world war ii like alternative history vibe to it yeah it's a wartime superhero comic apparently Mm -hmm. so i don't know anything about the book but uh and this would be a, a case of it selling or charting at least much higher much 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 higher almost 10 times higher digitally than it does physically it's just craziness and then number six is also written by uh kieran gillen but it's a clear own book and it's uh with jamie mckelvey it's wicked and divine which i think is one of images re- you know most reliable books uh they had a collaboration mm. what was the phonograph phonograph so they did a couple of trades of phonograph uh before they yeah. did wicked and divine um again it's it's uh oh apparently they also mentioned here that uh, uh kieran gillen also writes star wars so Maybe maybe his digital fan base is so huge, he's like a Warren Ellis in that regard or something like that. And good for him. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. 
And I mean, good for him. That's a that's a diehard fan base because if you can get a fan base outside of going into a comic book shop and buying your book, that fan base is going to stick with you. Where the guy who just starts not picking up his pull list, he's not going to jump to digital. Um, so yeah, that was number six. Uh, number seven makes all the sense in the world to me, kind of like along the lines of Star Wars, but I would have never pictured it or pictured it, imagined it, whatever. Is uh, Archie? I would. It, it makes sense. Well, they've got a brand new show, right? Isn't the CW show or some stuff? So sure, yeah. The kids are picking this up, and the kids use digital. Sure, they do. Uh, I would imagine that continues with uh, number eight, which is monstrous. Uh, another image book. It's it's funny. So far, we've had no Marvel DC books. Star Wars, right? Star Wars is the only one, but that doesn't really count. Um, so monstrous. Uh, another image book. Uh, another book that hovers around fifty percent in the physical 300 but uh and digitally they claim it's a top 20 book uh number nine number nine is a big another big image book i would say a top five top five or six image book maybe paper girls so uh another book written by brian k vaughn uh but drawn by cliff chang uh another book that according to them outperforms in digital than print issues but it's still a strong print book as far as collections goes Mm mm-hmm yeah, so Brian, so so let's see. Out of the top nine, we have three Kieran Gillen books, two Brian K. Vaughn books. So half of the top ten, half the top ten is going to be by two guys who obviously have a strong digital following. Um, and then number ten is a, a a boom book, shockingly. Sorry, boom exclamation point. Uh, Giant Days. Uh, I've never read Giant Days. It says it doesn't even come close to the top 300, but it's a top 30 digital book. Yeah, I have never heard of this book. No, I never heard of it either. It's a top 30 book, but it doesn't come anywhere near the top 300 print. So I don't know. Again, I think if you – I think a lot of this would come up. Like if you just did indie, like super indie comics, super indie comics for like five, six, seven years, and then you had a big hit – a lot of your catalog would start being picked up digitally because maybe it's not in print. So may, I don't know if these creators just have big digital followers or not. But basically, to sum that up, you have Kieran Gillen, Warren Ellis, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, three huge names as far as kind of like the internet world goes in the top 10 digital books. Um, so that kind of makes sense. And I guess what I gather from all this is that those those fans aren't going into a comic book shop. They're not buying Spider-Man. They're not they're not buying Batman. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. They are not. No. I I totally agree. None none of these I I would imagine there's not a lot of overlap between these digital readers and yeah, X-Men readers. Yeah, and then at the bottom of this article there's a you know, what other books almost made that their top 10 and sell better digitally? The only Marvel DC book in there that's not Star Wars, which again is a, a cre- creature of its own, is Red Hood and the Outlaws. And I don't know who writes that, so it could have something to do with the writer. But other than that, you have like two uh, Rick Remender books in there. You have some other stuff. Oh, sorry, Eternity Girl is a is a is a DC book. It's a Vertigo book. I'm sorry. But yeah, what I'm what I'm getting at is obviously these this same audience is not going to a comic book shop and then going home and buying digital books. They're only buying digital comic books right they're not the person who's reading saga and uh you know wicked and divine digitally they're not going into their comic book store and buying um super sons or something like that it's a whole different audience yeah this is very this is totally totally eye-opening and educational for me i i would not have guessed any of these books at all except for the top two if if we're supposed to believe that a book like saga sells more than 70,000 digital copies which Jesus Christ good for them uh if they do I hope I hope that's true that is that's great right um so jumping on that announcement uh comicsology to 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 change to our second topic or same topic second uh whatever tab uh comicsology which is owned by Amazon just announced right before San Diego that they're going to do uh, original comics digital original comics Whoa! Basically, they're publishing now, right? That's what that's what this is supposed to mean. Uh, under the Comicsology Originals banner, so they'll do digital comics, and if you have uh, Amazon Prime, you should be able to read these for free. But then you can also buy print collections of it, so it's like a digital first print print option. And they released a couple interesting ones. I don't really, 
I don't know. I don't feel qualified to really talk about it because I don't know a lot of the creators. Again, these could be creators who have huge followings on the internet, and I just I'm too old. I don't know. Uh, the one that stuck out to me was uh, Tim Seeley and our, our pals, good friends. Sure, friends of the show, best buddies. Tim Seeley and Mike Norton are uh, doing a, a new Comicsology original called Grave Danger. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Mark Sable. And a great artist who I've met. I'd, I'd like to call him a friend. Who knows? Uh, Mark Sable and Christian Donaldson are going to do The Dark, which is another book. Um, so it's just interesting. Uh, and this is a very short article. This is just kind of the announcements. It doesn't get into it doesn't get into pay structure and downloads and stuff like that, which if you're interested in that part of it, I think Heidi McDonald at The Beat did a couple articles where she broke down uh, at least from what she knew, you know, sales wise and, and, and shit like that. I, I gotta say, I gotta say someone like Tim Seeley and Mike Norton, they're not going to just go do a book with, with hopes that it might make money. They're not going to work for free. So there has to be some sort of financial compensation here. Um, oh, here we go. Goliath girls is by Sam Humphreys, who he's a big name creator. He's not going to jump on a book and do nothing. Uh, sure. there's, uh, Magdalene Visaggio is doing a book for them. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Hope Nicholson is curating an anthology. So there's some names on there, you know, some big names that are doing books for this imprint. Um, this article doesn't give you much about it, but I I personally have books on Comixology Submit, so which is different, but it's the same platform. And I've said in the past that if I could even get a book that sold even shit, let's say, let's say 2000 copies a month digitally. If I could get a, 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 a dedicated readership of 2000 readers a month that downloaded my book, I could just work on a digital book only and I'd be fine. I would just do 12 issues a year of only a digital book and I could pay all my bills and all that shit. So I don't know what kind of num- download numbers they're looking at to pay creative teams. Cause I can, you know, my, my nut to live on is smaller and I would pencil ink color write, and everything myself. So obviously my number, my goal number would be much smaller. So I don't, I guess I don't know what the idea behind this is, right? Like print trade collections maybe, or just evergreen longevity. Yeah. I, I think that's probably it. The latter. I mean this, so comiXology is just a digital distribution platform traditionally. Right. So it, I, I don't know that there can be like a successful comic book equivalent of Netflix. Essentially a digital, you know, right. streaming service creates original content. I hope so. I, I, I hope this works for everybody. I don't know. I outside of they look, I haven't read any of these. Um I don't know any of the names attached to these save for a few. I would think that in your initial launch for this kind of original content, maybe you want some more marketable names. Yeah, you throw the you throw the you throw the pocketbook at Rick Remender but, or Warren Ellis or Brian K. Vaughn or something like that. Yeah, right. I mean, it, that's not to say these aren't good. I, I, I'm sure these are all quality books, but I don't know it. it it is it's curious yeah i don't know i'm rooting for it i want this to work a- a- anything that's good for comics is good for everybody yeah and it, it is kind of i mean you mentioned the netflix model it is very much like netflix because like net i'm going to talk later about a, a site that i use where you, you you can own the pdf or you can own the digital download this is like netflix where you have a queue but you don't own any of that shit. If my Netflix right. account got canceled yeah. tomorrow, I couldn't watch my movies that I downloaded yeah. or whatever. So it's, it is much like that. You know, maybe I'll take some time in the next week or so, and maybe I'll check out a couple of these books, and then uh, I'll do a follow-up. Because they, they do all look – I will give them that. They don't look – it doesn't look like it was half-assed. Like the cover design on all the books that I'm seeing on this website are great. Some of the creative teams are great. Uh, it's – you know, it seems to trend maybe towards a younger comic book reader, a newer comic book reader. There's no superhero books. There's no in-your-face Jim Lee covers and shit like that. So, um, yeah, well, that, that that makes sense. I mean, independent superhero books are those are losing bets. That's not that is that is not a genre you're gonna crack. 
Yeah, only one man managed to do it. Yeah, so it, it's very interesting, and I think it, it's any anytime there's a new indie publisher that seems to have money's the wrong way to put it because we're all not all going to get advances and shit like that. But at least you could tell money was put into it because of the the quality of the work that you see so far, and this seems like money was put into it, and there's a quality of there's a level of quality there that I appreciate. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll try to check some of these out in the next couple of weeks, and and maybe we'll follow up on this specific. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm interested in it. I'm interested, and this goes to digital comics. It's going to go to where we talk next. To I'm going to close this window. To me, the the appeal of digital comics in general is going to be the landscape format, right? You got a format. You got to format art a certain way. I think Zuda back in the day tried to do this, but you format books the same way, a certain way, so they're more readable. My biggest problem right now with reading digital comics is the zoom feature. Like, I don't mind the zoom feature and the panel by panel feature, but there is something to be said about artists laying out a page at a time that you've got to see the whole page. And the problem with most monitors, if you're looking on a computer, is that they're horizontal and it's landscape. I personally don't have a... I don't have a tablet that is big enough to read a full-size comic on. So when I read a comic on my phone, I can't read the fucking balloons. Uh, so maybe if you had like an 8 by I don't know how big iPad or iPads go, but maybe if you had the right size where you could read a comic. Well, you have that you have you have your uh, companion that you can turn sideways and that's magazine sized, right? That's like Oh, a, sure. I, yeah. But I've also got a Yeah, I've got a 10.6 Kindle, Kindle Fire. It's just about print size. It's a little smaller, but it's like 95% of print size. Uh, yeah, and I bought it f- specifically for that purpose. Okay, so then uh, number three on my list of topics is, do you read digital comics? Um, very occasionally. When I do read comics, they're digital. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so if you if there is something you want to pick up, you just buy it on yep. Comixology. Yep. I do. Okay, and do you have to do the Zoom feature, or do you do the, just do the page-by-page feature? I don't know. It's whatever I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Um, it, it also depends on the art too, right? Right. I mean, if you, if you want it, really, if it's yeah, if it's just kind of I don't know, basic grid stuff, I'll go with the zoom feature. But if it's an artist that does really interesting page layouts, that's that's what you want. That's part of the experience. So I'll do page by page. It, it all depends. I I don't mind the zoom feature. Um, I. It's it's kind of nice. It presents more a um, uh, like a, a almost like a film experience, where you can't see the next panel, right? So yeah, it's almost it, it, every panel is a cliffhanger at that point, rather than every page. Yeah, I like the zoom feature, but if it's on a comic that was obviously made for print, then if you you can obviously see you're zoomed in so much, you see, I don't know. You see stuff the artist never meant for you to see, maybe because they drew it to be reduced or something like that. So there yeah. is there's the thing where like big chunky lines, you have to understand what you're looking at. You have to be a fan of the art and understand, you know, that if you're looking at a panel that was meant to be looked at by two inches by three inches, and you're looking at it at six by whatever, it's it's not going to be as crisp or as pretty, I guess. Yep. That that's my only downfall really on the on the digital. Uh, comics, but I, I have read a, a lot. I have read a lot of digital comics. I mean, I don't. I typically buy my comics in print, but so Panel Syndicate, I think, is Brian K. Vaughn's. Right, it's all yes. coming. It's all it's all coming together now, right? His big internet following. Uh, I'm so slow. I just put that shit together. So the comics that I do. So we talked about Comicsology. You don't own those comics; they're just in your library. Whereas if you ever law, if you stop paying your account or whatever, you would lose access to those. Uh, Panel Syndicate, you can download PDFs and you can download uh, whatever they call them, CRMs or whatever the shit, the the comics format. Uh, so I do use Panel Syndicate a lot. Um, I downloaded the first couple issues of Barrier through Panel Syndicate. Um, I can't remember the other book I did through there. Your Copperhead co-creator, Jay Farber, has a book on Panel Syndicate. Oh. But the new book I'm obsessed with there, which I think just ended, I just finished the first four issues, is... Uh, Shit, I don't have it. I don't have my notes. Black Hand. No, wait. Oh, yeah, you sent me this. Yeah, it's not Iron Fist because that's a real character. So it's uh, 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 Iron Iron Head Black Hand or Black Hand uh, Iron Black Head. Black Hand Iron Head. 
Yeah, great book. Great book. I should have put that shit in my notes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I'm a firm believer. So I understand why comicsology. This is a, this is another part of the discussion. I understand why Marvel and DC books and image books and shit like that and, and Valiant, whatever, on comicsology, they're the same price digitally as they are print. And I think that is to appease the retailers, you know, so they don't lose their customer base. But I will say that it is, as someone who's who's done digital books, four dollars for a digital comic is kind of obscene to me. You don't own anything, you know. You don't. I mean, even if you even if you rented a movie on iTunes for three ninety nine, you only get it for two days. So I guess if you get these for three ninety nine, then digitally you have them in your library forever. But you still don't really own them. They're just in your account. Seems high to me. So I like the idea of panel panel syndicate where. Any amount you put in, they'll sell you a version. You can put in whatever you want. So pay what you want kind of kind of feature, right? So it, it kind of works maybe – I don't know how it works because I don't – I've obviously never done a book like that. But I would imagine you have some people that are so into it they're going to pay more. It's like a Kickstarter, right? They're really going to reward you for the work you do. And then you're going to have people who pay what they would for a normal comic. And then you're going to have people who pay what they think you should pay for a digital comic. Um, so – I don't know how well that's working out, but he keeps publishing books through there. You know, obviously, if, if, if Brian K. Vaughn's first book through there was not a success and was a complete failure, they wouldn't be publishing four or five books through there. So, Right. I'm a big fan of Panel Syndicate. And again, on my horizontal monitor, which is 19 by whatever, 15, that looks pretty as shit because they lay it out in horizontal panels, not vertical panels. And that's mm. a easy book to read or they're easy books to read. So, uh, shout out to panel syndicate. So I guess the whole point of this episode is that if you have a huge, uh, huge, uh, I guess social media following and a huge digital following that you can do really well digitally. It, it seems like Brian cave on might do just as well digitally as he does, uh, traditionally. So, I don't know. I think it's it's obviously the wave of the future, right? It's everything. I mean, oh yeah. It's not... Oh no. I I agree. This has been totally enlightening, and perhaps I will. Uh, I don't know. Um, it might change the way I think about future work. Do you ever get on your royalty on your royalty uh, statements from from Image? Do you ever get digital downloads? Yeah. Do you know? Oh, okay. I have those numbers somewhere. Okay, so you do know how Copperhead does digitally as opposed to traditional. Uh, I can know, yes. Right, you right, you would have to look at it. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's cool that they do give you those numbers. Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's the future, right? Digital comics are the future. It's not going back. I mean, people say like, oh, vinyl's back. Yeah, vinyl's back for like, you know. 30 fucking hipsters in a 10 block radius who's re- who are really into vinyl but i mean magazines and newspapers are going under because people aren't reading them so right sure i mean i think print comics in <sighs> 10 years print comics yeah. in 10 years will be the hipster kickstarter equivalent right of people who just ah god i don't know i eh. dudes who just want a print book like it's gonna be it's gonna go all the way back to the 70s it's i mean like we saw printed comics we saw wednesday comics you know however 10 years ago or whatever the the newspaper size installments those that's that didn't kick anything off that's not still around no it's uh, it's an it's an art project because it was pretty as shit it's the it's the prettiest book i own but yeah i uh, i don't know that i don't know that print is cyclical i think no when it's gone it's gonna be gone yeah and especially wait wait till we get to the technology and i say wait till we get to it i we might already be at it i don't know to where you get a, uh, a a holographic screen, so it's not it's not encumbered by the digital dimensions of your device, almost like a projector, right? So you could just set the dimensions of whatever you're reading to be the whatever dimensions you want. So you could print a perfect comic book size, or you, sorry, you could project a perfect comic book size dimension for the book you're reading. So it's interesting. Like it's interesting for new comic creators coming up now. How do you letter a book? Do you letter it to be read at six by nine? Do you letter it to be read at seven by ten? Do you letter it to be read it on a phone? Like, how do you? I'm sure there's people already doing this kind of shit, and I'm sure in comicsology, I'm sure maybe the balloons maybe even auto resize. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on, but it's not print comics. Although I love print comics, that's all I read my comics on for the most part. 
Oh, along with uh, the Wednesday comics thing, whatever happened uh, to Motion Comics? Wasn't that supposed to be a thing? Is, is that re- still a thing being produced by anybody? I don't know. I tried to read a Motion Comic once or twice, and I found it annoying as shit because I like to read on my as as much as it's bizarre, and sometimes I will flip a page and I'll be spoiled by a, a you know something that happens on a right right facing page or something like that which don't ever do that. Your spoilers should always be on a left-facing page. Anyways, I like reading I like reading physical comics. I don't like motion comics. I don't like the app telling me when I can at what pace I should read, at what pace I should experience something. And I think that's the problem with motion comics. Is that you don't get to control it. You just got to sit there and and for what for whatever it's worth, digital comics, comics in general are still a user-oriented uh, format. You control how fast you read it. You control how slow you read it. You control how much you take in or how much you don't take in. I don't need a AI tell, telling me like, oh, it's time to pop up the next speech bubble or let's move an arm or let's move an eye. Like that shit's confusing. I don't like that at all. Motion comics are my least favorite version of comics I've ever read. I was just uh, wondering how, how many different versions of uh, comics are surviving past infancy. Yeah. But it's bizarre because if you get too much motion in your motion comic, just make it a cartoon. Right. Like who? Nobody reads cartoon. Like you don't want to read cartoons. Well, yeah, so. and that that so the fact that those aren't still a thing, um, you know, it it gives me hope for the future of the medium. It doesn't have to be in print, right? But the fact that it's still static illustrated images put with you know. Uh, a plot and a story that's that's encouraging that 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 that, that is still right. desirable among uh at least a, a portion of the masses right and they they do have those new like webtoons and line tunes where panels are you don't make a page you essentially make panels and they're vertical so you swipe up they're made to be swiped up like you would on a phone Right, so the next you mm-hmm. don't go side to side. You swipe up and down, and you read the comic. I've tried that a couple times. I might just be too old for that shit. Like I might be too much of a grump for that shit. I don't love it. I don't want to see one panel at a time and keep having to swipe up. I'm I'm old school. I want to have a whole fucking comic book page on my monitor to take in at my leisure, not constantly swiping. Especially when there's like a piece of art. And there's just a dude who looks surprised, and it's just like an ellipsis and a word balloon. Like, I just got to keep going through that shit. Uh, but I honestly think that is actually the future. I think these one-panel-per-screen comics are the future. Um, oddly enough, I don't know. I You know, I won't be around for that, I'm sure. Maybe I will. <laughs> you but... won't be around for that? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm scheduled to have a massive heart attack in about, like, four days. So no. I will not be around for that. Um, God, I'm jealous. Yeah, it's going to be sweet, super sweet. Yeah, I think that's actually the future, is one image per screen is the future. I don't know if that's the future I want to be a part of. I do like digital comics, but I want to see the whole page. Uh, That's just, that's what I grew up on. That's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I like. Anything other than that is not a comic. If I have to scroll through, and I understand I'm being a a curmudgeon or whatever, but if if every image on my phone... No one can see me, but I'm doing weird thumb things. But if every image on my phone is swipe, read, swipe, read, swipe, read, to me, that's not a comic. It is a comic. It's exactly what a comic is by definition. But it's not the comics I want to read. So my last uh, little prompt here is, do you like digital comics or not? And for me, I would say I do, but I want them. I want the bridge between traditional comics and, and, and digital comics. I want the the panel syndicate books i want shit like that i don't want the line tunes uh, uh version of that so uh when you went when you went digital do you ever read it and be like oh like like i wish i just had this i wish i had this i wish i went and bought this at the store or are you totally fine on your perfect sized your scott godleski perfect sized digital fucking reader are you happy with it 100 percent that way i am happy with it asshole yeah i bet you are Great follow-up. Way to, way to carry that segment. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, digital comics are here to stay. I guess the here. whole point. I guess the whole point of the the show was how surprising it was for me of which books were popular and which yes. not. Yeah. But 
as we dissected it like professionals we are like the professionals we are it makes sense it it is interesting and it also illustrates um uh i i don't want to say an obstacle but certainly a challenge for traditional mainstream publishers to get those digital readers uh i and i don't know how they do it well even marvel has started doing digital first series or digital only series as far as as part of their app so I think they're kind of jumping on board there. They're, you know, I mean, obviously they're not putting like Chris Somni on a digital first comic. But they should. Pre- I mean, they it, sh- it, it, if they want to follow their their like uh, streaming Netflix series like Luke Cage and Daredevil with a digital only version, I think that would be a way to go. It would be a way to go. Prequels and sequels for those, like the buffers between seasons, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, I wasn't thinking specifically, right, in TV universe, but yeah, that makes sense. Right. Or what they should do is the la- when you finish the last episode of Luke Cage season two, there should be a prompt. They would never do it because they're competing companies, uh, Netflix and Amazon. But if there was a prompt that said, "Read the next adventures of Luke Cage." on your tv right now but but marvel has their own service yeah i guess that that also makes sense i don't know why my voice just spiked there but that also makes sense i've never uh i'll watch tv on my i'll watch digital entertainment on my television but i've never linked my television to like a comiXology account but i could read comics on my fucking tv if i wanted to sure i mean it's it's not like so it's 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 really get comfortable with the not medium, but get comfortable with the the way things are being uh, produced, and learn to read them in that format. I guess is what I'm saying, because it's not going away. Uh, in ten years, I'm gonna be the dude who's like, I still gotta buy. Like I got, it's like getting crack, right? Like you gotta go to like an underground network to get like my my print copies of fucking whatever. It's gonna be hard and shit to get what I want in ten years. Yeah, you uh, got to meet some guy in a street corner. Yeah, I'm gonna horn myself out more than i normally do okay so i guess to wrap it up uh digital comics thumbs up or no yeah no i i am uh i I am a patron of the digital marketplace yes i uh i'm not so much but it wouldn't if i didn't have a a fantastic local comic book shop like cap comics cap comics uh arizona google them if i didn't have such a great local shop if like if i didn't have a shop within like 10 miles I would buy everything digitally. I just happen to have a good shop, you know, that'll order whatever I want, you know, right there. Um, but yeah, uh, thumbs up for me also. You know, it still needs some tweaking. It's still in its infancy, I suppose. Uh, okay, Scott, so how was your uh, Palisades Pineapple from yeah, Golden Road? Yeah, it's still Road? going. I've been nursing this thing. Mm. Well, it is a... Uh, never mind, I was going to make a make fun of the color of the can. No, go it's for fun. it. No, no, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, it, it's, we're all missing out now, I think. No, it was going to be a uh, alpha male. It's going to be a, like a like a guy who's not an alpha male trying to be an alpha male saying that, yeah, of course you're nursing it because it's like a pink can with like baby blue hues. But I'm not that guy, honestly. So uh, I get, maybe I am. Maybe I got to do some self-evaluation. Uh, but I have salmon shirts. I like them. They're cool. Uh, I like pineapple. I don't love wheat beers. They're fine. Um so yours is a wheat beer pineapple. Yep. And and you didn't apricot. finish it. In apricot. You didn't mention that in the opening. I sure did. Okay. You'll hear it when you so, edit it. So what do you... Th- oh, I'm not going to edit it. So what do you think? <laughs> uh, hmm. It's uh, incredibly average. Two five, right in the okay. middle. Okay. Is it average because it's not much of anything? Yeah, it's 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 unremarkable. It's inoffensive. How was the fruit flavor? Did it come through heavily on most like most wheat beers? I I gotta say I'm probably getting more apricot than pineapple. Apricot is like a baby nectarine, right? Yeah, it's, it's in the yeah. yeah, it's in the I believe it's in the citrus family. Yeah, yeah, the little little fuzzy uh, but I don't know family. is what is a pear and a plum is that in the citrus family or is that well, like what? no 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 because a, a pear has a oh no wait I a, think an apricot's in that family 
Well, it's, apricot's a little fuzzy, kind of like a peach. Right. It's not smooth like a pear or a, a plum. plum. No, it's not, it's not waxed like a plum. <laughs> no. It's got a little bit of hair. Okay, I apologize. You gave it a two and a half? Yeah, right down the okay. middle. Just like a It's so like funny. It, crack. It, it, if there's a historian or a documentarian of our show, I think the second we decided to allow halves, every show was at a half. <laughs> like, we don't want to pull the trigger on anything. You and I are the least, like, the least amount of conflict possible kind of guys. Uh, okay. So, uh, what did I add? I had a North Coast Brewing uh independent since 1988 whatever that means uh scrimshaw as predicted it tasted exactly like a budweiser if someone had given me this i'd be like okay i'm gonna have 19 of these today because it's in a it's it's non-offensive it's it does nothing for me no matter what so i will say if you're a beer snob and you don't want to be seen drinking a bud light or a budweiser or a coors or uh something like that this is the beer for you because you could drink this shit all day uh, and be fine. To me, I'll save the money and buy Rolling Rock. It's not much different than a PBR Rolling Rock. Or I will say, I, I'll go back to the Budweiser. It tastes to me exactly like a traditional American Budweiser. Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half also. I'd give it a three if it had a higher ABV, but uh, I'm going to give it what I would give a Budweiser. It's just there. It's something you can drink if you want to drink beer. But you're paying, you're paying two. You know, I'm going to give it a two because you're paying more for it than you would for a Budweiser. So if I if I would give a Budweiser a two and a half, I'm going to give this a two because it costs more, and a Budweiser is stronger. So I don't understand. I don't understand why any. <laughs> this will be quick. I don't understand why any craft brewery that's going to charge eight or nine dollars a six pack makes anything less than seven percent beer, right? Because there's not a budget vodka. I mean, I guess there is budget vodka. But even like a $5.99 bottle of vodka is going to get you six drinks. Maybe it will. I don't know. I'm I'm sorry. I'm rambling. My dad's texting me. I got to clean the house. Uh, let's see. So he just asked me house construction on the I-17. So I'm going to respond. One lane between. That means I haven't left yet, which is good for my cleaning uh, schedule. One lane between mile marker... 212 oh 312 this is fascinating for everybody and uh 319 yeah oh see now they do construction another rant because i don't want to let you go yet so <laughs> what's the deal you, with construction so construction so they're they're paving one lane of the 17 heading north so that means they close one lane obviously that's how math works uh so my wife has to drive that every day because of her her real job and last week, a semi broke down in the construction area of the one lane. And they wouldn't let anyone squeeze by the by the broken down semi because you'd have to go onto some dirt and some rocks. So they stopped letting cars do that. <laughs> so, so when that semi broke down in that one lane that was under construction, it halted all traffic for 50 minutes on a, ma- on a major interstate. My wife just sat there completely stopped for 40 minutes while they got a wrecker in to pull it. And it was literally, she said it was a half mile before the lane opened back up into two lanes. Unreal. So if they had just taken another semi and just rammed it and pushed that semi (laughs) into the mountain, they could have alleviated all traffic. So fuck ADOT, which is the Arizona Department of Transportation, because... There was much easier fixes for that, and as I was making dinner, which was cold by the time she got home, I had to get texts of my nervous and worried wife, and I was upset about it. So, eat a dick, A-D-O-T dot G-O-D. Hey, A-Dot, if you'd like to make it up by sponsoring the show, give us a call. Fuck, fuck, call Scott. I won't take your call. <laughs> I refuse. Okay. All right, buddy. <laughs> um, anything else before I wrap it up? No, no, not after that. That was, no. that was, I liked the way you said that. So no, I have nothing to add. Thanks. I didn't roll my tongue like a proper Spanish speaker as I am. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TIG underscore show. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan Cody and at Scotty God. And uh, 
follow Scott on Instagram at Scotty God. Follow Ryan on Instagram at RyanCody75 because some asshole has Ryan Cody. Uh, past episodes are available on TickShow.com. And if you enjoy the show, go to TickShow.com. Click on the Sport TIG link. From there, you can buy us around, buy a shirt. Go to our iTunes page, leave a review, or sponsor an episode. Whew. Sounds like someone just broke into your house, so uh, have fun with that. No? I thought I heard like a window breaking or something. Oh, my God. I hope yeah. not. Oh my God, he's right behind you. He's right behind you. <laughs> okay, I gotta go uh, clean a kitchen and a couple toilets. So Ooh. exciting shit. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep drinking though. You gotta. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Adios. Pieces. We come in pieces all because of you.